You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles Friday edition. This is the second episode this week. Just stay tuned because I'm really going to start laying on the episodes here pretty soon, uh, getting us all hyped up for the upcoming fall. I have some really awesome guests scheduled for, excuse me, the upcoming season, uh, the upcoming month. And hopefully what that's going to do is get us all jacked up about the deer season. And it's going to allow us to uh, listen to how other people get it done. We're going to be talking strategy. We're going to have some, some, I guess you would call it individual pieces where we just talk to hunter profiles. We're going to have strategy sessions. We're going to talk about uh, things that matter. We're going to goof around. We're going to get it all. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy Today, we got my buddy Bob Polanik back on, and he drew another Iowa tag. And so he's not only excited about that, he's going to hunt Nebraska again this year, but he's got some trail camera pictures already coming through that uh, have got him excited for this upcoming fall already. And so we're, we're going to talk about strategy. We're going to talk about uh, how he thinks it's going to go down come this fall and it's it's a bs session mixed with a little strategy talk mixed with you know the the talk about deer behavior and annual patterns and things like that so uh awesome 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 conversation let's see commercials vortex optics man title sponsor of this podcast we are excited to be working with this company for multiple reasons one absolutely badass optics you look through them they do exactly what they're supposed to do high end awesome in low light and then at the same time uh, they have the vip warranty which means i could drop it off of a building i could run over it with my truck i could eat it it could be digested and i could i don't know why i'm thinking about this dump it out in my toilet put it in a box send it to them and they would fix it for me that's a little extreme but that's the vip warranty that they have you break it they fix it and they send it back to you at no cost and then uh on top of that 
excellent customer service with people who know what you're talking about and know the the product themselves. So if you have any questions, call them. It could be about your marriage. It could be about whatever. They'll do their best to help you. I'm not joking. If you have a strategy question, if you have a, a gear question, call them up. They will help you out. Uh, so go check out vortexoptics.com. Then we have Hunt Stand. This time of year, man, I am all over Hunt Stand. Digital scouting, not only the properties that I can that I can hunt because with uh, in Iowa here, but because of my schedule, uh, I'm not able to get out. So it's fun to just kind of sit there, go through properties, see if you missed anything. But at, on the other end, I'm also doing that same thing with places that I should probably check out at, uh, you know, at what am I trying to say here at, uh, out of, uh, there we go out of state hunts. Uh, so out of state hunts as well. So that's, I'm, I'm just collecting data using that data, um, on the map, document all of it and use it as a reference come the season. So, uh, hunt stand, go check out huntstand.com. You can download it wherever you download your apps and, uh, it's really affordable and it has the most functionality. So that's a win, win discount code SN2 zero for 20% off. And then we have wasp archery best material. In my opinion, I feel very confident. Uh, and then up upon impact absolutely destroys whatever it touches. And a lot of that has to do with the design and the material in combination, right? You match that with a heavy arrow and you're going to destroy whatever you hit. So go check out wasparchery.com. I'm a huge fan of the Boss 4 blade for a fixed blade. And then the jackhammer, which I have killed the most deer with, period. So, you know, check out, check out wasparchery.com. Uh, and uh, upon checkout, enter the discount code NFC20 for 20% off. NFC20. 20% off. Lastly, this is going to be my first year hunting out of a saddle or messing around with a saddle anyway. And uh, I'm excited to start playing around with it a little bit more. This past weekend, I sat in it. Uh, I felt comfortable in it. I just kind of hung around in my treehouse while my kids were playing and uh, just kind of sat there, started moving around in it a little bit. And I can see how this thing's going to be a, a benefit uh, to me as far as uh, weight savings along with time setting up, uh, out-of-state hunts, potentially just throwing it in my back, uh, my backpack and just kind of shooting from the hip. And that's where mobile, the term mobile hunting really comes into play. So go check out Tether's websites for their saddles their climbing sticks and all the accessories you need for saddle hunting and their website because they have a lot of information on their website about actually how to use that and get the most out of your saddle so there's that um we're done with commercials please go to itunes or wherever you download your podcast give the nine finger chronicles a five-star review man i would really appreciate that make sure you're following on instagram and hit me up through the DMs if you have any questions or if you want to be a guest on the podcast or if you want to sponsor the podcast and you're a company and you hear this. So uh, go check that out. I'm excited for today's podcast. I get to chat with my buddy, Bob Polanik. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right. Once again, my brother from a, a random hookup, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's how it went down in the state of Michigan, Bob Polanik, how the whole hell are you? 
It's a weird introduction, but I'm doing good, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I thought in my head it sounded a lot better than how it came out. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. I'm doing good. I'm doing All right. Here's how the deal. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm doing. I'm doing good. No, we're not. There's no tickling. There's no massages. Um, there's no foreplay in this episode. All right, we're going right to penetration, and we are. Go- you you drew Iowa. Yes, sir. I did. All right. How, on a on a how happy are you scale one to ten? How happy are you? Uh, dude, 10 out of 10. I'll, uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I was, uh, sitting down on a can and checking emails and whatnot. And as I'm checking emails, that email came through and I could not exactly at that moment, get up and jump up and down. (laughs) But boy, did I, boy, did I want to, I had to contain my excitement. And then, yeah, once, uh, once I was done doing my business, I ran out of the bathroom and Went and ran over to my wife, and yeah, I was ecstatic. Nice, nice. Okay, so you're going to be hunting Iowa in the 2020 season. How many times have you hunted Iowa previously? Uh, I hunted there in 2018, 2020. Um, I was there with my wife last year in 2021. So this will be my this will be my third year um, hunting but fourth year out there. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So you're one of the lucky ones who has drawn, uh, probably one of the best units in Iowa multiple times. Crazy. Anyway, what we're going to, what, what I want to talk about is this property, right? And I think I'm assuming at this point that you're more excited on this year coming in than you were the previous two, because you have experience and you have data and you have intel and and an experience on these farms. Dan, my heart's racing just just <laughs> talking about this subject. I there's we have multiple we have permission on multiple farms, and um, we my buddy and I went out there in March on a shed hunting trip, and I left cameras out there from last just regular ones. And we were checking them as we were shed hunting. And when we came to one property, a buck I knew about last year had made it through the season and was still had his rack on his on his head in uh, late January. He's a mainframe ten with uh, like kicker main beam, so like we his third beam really. So we called him Trips. Um, my wife and I were had set up some tree stands to make a play on him, but. Uh, we were waiting for the winds to get right, and while we were waiting, she ended up killing a, a decent eight point. So we never got to put a hunt on him. Um, but yeah, when we figured out that he was still alive, that shed hunting trip turned into a let's set up some stands and move some things around for this buck in case we do draw this year. Yeah. So and Dude. then we've got some cell we got some cell cams out there, and uh, yeah, man, his uh. I don't know that he grew that third main beam, but he's got his brow tines and his rack on June 15th where already he was already like 120 inch deer. Yeah, dude. I am so freaking jacked uh, for you this year because of just, just the straight trail camera pictures that you've been sending me. And I like how I thought we were friends 
And this is the first time I've seen some of these trail cam picks, buddy. So you were even holding out on me. Well, I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm giving you shit. Hold, I know you are. Um, I didn't, I'm just not holding out, but it's, I don't know. I try to. I try to keep myself in check because I've gone to Iowa twice and I've eaten my tags both years and I'm kind of telling myself if I if I have to eat two Iowa tags and the third Iowa tag I wrap around this buck it will all be worth it yeah yeah okay so what I want let's let's get into the lay of the land now all right so you and your buddy you find this place you get permission to hunt it um Talk about the property and or the whether it's the property that this big trips buck lives on or some of the other properties that you have access to out there. Talk about the terrain. Talk about the landscape, the breakup. Is it ag timber, you know, steep terrain, flat, river bottom, whatever. Break it down for us. It's uh it's it's hill country for sure. I won't say it's the steepest terrain, but it's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of rolling hills. Um, it's a mix. There's, it depends on, I'd say it's, I'd say it's honestly where we're at. It's probably 60 to 70% ag and then 30 to 40% timber, um, where this buck seems to be living. Uh, it's, you know, it's more 50, 50. Um, there's some just natural grasses and a lot of thick pines and stuff like that, but it's all, it's all pretty thick hill country. Um, it's got, it's, it's weird. I'm used to, I'm used to ag being down in the valleys and, you know, the hillsides being timber, but here it's like the valleys are timber Yeah. and all the ag is on the highest elevation. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds Which might... just like I hunt. I mean, that sounds exactly like what I hunt. So it, it, it makes it makes access kind of nice because you're typically parking on top and you're kind of walking down into these draws and these valleys. But um, there's as you know, thermals is definitely an issue. Um, and we've we've kind of got uh, the way I've got things set up now because I've got I've got photos of this buck from 2020. I got a lot of photos from 2021, like when he was in velvet and during during you know the fall and then um and and the winter um and then this year i'm starting to get photos again but um we've kind of got some tree stands set up where they're more aggressive where we've already been looking what the wind was doing time of day thermals were definitely coming down the draw and uh we've got some setups where we're hoping that we we're we're right on the edge where you, you gotta you really gotta get a shot off before he catches your wind or maybe even he might get your wind and stop and you might you got to be ready to shoot but I, I, there's just the way that this this hill country sets up and these draws set up and the way he's using them you know if a draw is running north and south so your 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 ridges are running north and south and the draw comes down um, he's moving east and west through it so it's a kind of, it's doable, but, and he's not on a strict pattern. So it's like once a week he comes through. Yeah. But um, some more cameras are going to get deployed. And uh, yeah, I don't know. 
yeah. we'll see what happens. I'm not gonna hold. I'm not gonna hold out for him specifically because there's a lot. I don't know if it was because Ag was in so late last year, but there's a lot of a lot of mature bucks that made it through the season. So um, there's some other big bucks that are yeah. showing up on camera already. So yeah, you mentioned thermals, and I fight this a lot. Where ooh, let's just I'm gonna use the example that i have you know the, the 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 draw runs high ground is south down into the valley which is north um and then it creates kind of like a, a draft if if there's and it all kind of fl- flows down to the west right so the draw the the short draws run north south on both ends of this valley and then the the main valley runs east west but let's say if you have if your if your thermals are co- in a let's say a morning hunt they're coming down and they're kind of working their way west but if you have a west wind that are fighting the 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 afternoon thermals i've noticed that the the wind in there really swirls a lot right um as opposed yes. to in uh, a morning hunt if you're in there everything's real consistent on a west wind because the thermals are rising and the winds pushing up valley pushing everything out and up so that's when i've uh that's when i find it the most consistent is that what you guys are kind of dealing with yeah it's it's actually the exact opposite setup so the high ground is to the north and then the low part of the valley is to the south so my thoughts are any sort of north wind and the morning hunt your your thermals will be dropping out of the valley plus that north wind will be pushing all your scent out of the south end of the you know the low elevation which is on the south should be pushing it right out so but it, it pushes out into a big grassy opening and he, where I'm getting photos of him the last two years, he's, he's walking right along where that grassy edge meets the timber. So in order to be in a tree, he might end up skirt going downwind of you, but depending on how, you know, if it's a Northwest wind, you might be able to have that wind angled a little bit in your favor where you can catch him. Um, just off the edge of your scent cone. That's the dream. That's the hope. But I don't know. All bets are off when a hot doe comes running through. Yeah, yeah. So, so from a from a trends standpoint, you've hunted this farm twice or, well, three times with you being down there with your wife. What does it – what's the trends throughout the year? Talk to me a little bit about what the deer are doing right now what are they going to be doing come late August or, you know, when the velvet comes off in September into the fall when you can potentially start hunting them? Oh man, it's so dependent on the ag rotation. Um, it seemed like last year was definitely the year to be out there be- for this buck because it was all, it was all beans around it. So it was all cut this year. It's all going to be corn. And hopefully, you know, we're, we're planning on being out there November 12th to the 21st. And hopefully the eggs, hopefully the corn's out. Last year, the majority of the corn was still in. And we were out there, I want to say like November 4th to the 10th or something like that. And literally when my, when my wife shot her buck, 20 minutes later, combine came through cutting its first 
pass um, this different, you know, it was across the street basically um, where there was corn standing. So hopefully we don't have a late year. I, I know last year from what I heard in that area, they had a record bean yield. So beans took twice as long to get out. Um, who knows? I mean, I don't, you know, last year was technically a drought year out there, but they said they had very, I talked to the farmers. I was like, you know, if you were in a drought, how did you guys have a record bean yield? And they just said there was some really timely rains when it did rain. So, um, I don't know. I'm not a farmer, but I guess, yeah. uh, it worked out for them. So yeah. farmers were happy last year. Yeah. There was a lot of crops left in the field late. I mean, the, the, all the farms that I hunted, corn was in until late November, even, I think they didn't combine until after Thanksgiving. So yeah. uh, that was the corn. Now beans tended, you know, tend to get out earlier when they're ready. But for, for corn, man, it was in real late on the farms that I, I hunted in that, like you said, man, that God, I hate that. It, there, there comes a time where for me, I want the corn to stay into a certain point because it makes it easier for people to drive right up to their stands and then drive right back. You know, it's for some reason, it's just easier for people to access. But then when I want it out, it's, it's almost too late, right? It's like, usually I've, I've killed a deer or uh, I've located one. So it really doesn't matter. But from the pressure standpoint uh, of sharing properties with somebody, it's like, I want the corn, I want the corn to stand for a certain period of time on because if it comes out too early, then way too many people go into the timber and it it busts them all out. And if it if it stays in later, that means you know when I start to make my move is when I want when I want them to combine it right. So I wish I had my say and say no, you you can combine now. Go ahead, combine now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's we we had our cabin booked for uh, that like kind of that like. November, I don't know what the dates were anymore, but that say November 5th to 15th is when we originally had our cabin booked for. And then when we saw, you know, the, you know, I left, I left Iowa on like November 10th last year after my wife shot her buck. And so I left all my cameras out there and when we checked them, we realized that that November 10th to 20th range is when, we, I mean, every day there was multiple mature bucks on their feet in daylight. So we switched our cabin reservation to kind of that more middle time of November. Um, I don't know. I've hunted that middle time in November a couple times in Iowa, and it seems to be more, you know, feast and famine. You know, it's either you don't see you don't see anything because they're locked down with does, or you're catching them where they're just got off a hot doe and they're looking for the other the next yeah. one. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit different than when you're, you know, November first, second, third fourth fifth when there seems to be quite a bit more chasing and just constant activity but the the other thing that we're kind of dealing with is the the owner of the farm his uh how his cousin or nephew or something a relative of his um drew his tag as well and he tends to hunt that very first week in november so it's kind of also why we shifted things back and he definitely hunts some permanent stands on that farm they're not they shouldn't I don't know. If anything, he's probably going to educate a couple deer. Um, you know, the year that he hunted when we were out there, he didn't kill anything. And it sounded like he was more just impressed with 
the quality of deer that he saw. I think he lives in New Hampshire or something like that. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, he's yeah, I think he's an older gentleman, and I don't think he was even really worried about killing a mature buck. I think he just wanted to try his hand at it, and I think he was just mesmerized by the quality of deer on his his uncle's farm. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. So, did the trail camera pictures that you've seen over the last two two three years on this farm? Does that correlate then with your decision to hunt that that twelfth through the or the tenth through the fifteenth time frame, or or I guess you would call the second part of the rut, as opposed to getting in there right away, or maybe even late October? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It does seem like over the last two years, he is very, very daylight active, um, really around honestly like november november 12th to the 15th it's just like we got so many daylight photos of him um during that time period so um i don't know i don't know how old he is he's either five or six or seven i'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure i mean he's he's big yeah so good yeah. body yeah oh yeah for sure he's uh he's a mac truck yeah definitely and he's you know i say he's a mainframe 10 with you know this third beam it's not just that it's the mass I, he carries his mass all the way out to the end of his main beams yeah you know there it's it's like he's got baseball bats for main beams yeah so, that's the shit that gets yeah. me hard i'll be honest with you yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah right there with you yep so have you noticed any subtleties uh or or slight differences throughout the years that let's just say let's let's talk about this trips buck a second um as where he tends to be and how he kind of flows through that property that's going to allow you a potential shot when you're out there uh i have noticed that it's kind of not exactly going to answer your question but he does seem to disappear for all of october okay so i don't know i don't know where he's going um we don't it's a that's a, so the way this the property set up is we've got we've got permission on three different properties that total about 600 acres and they're all they're all connected it's this big 600 acre timber block and then across the drainage ditch is one of the same owners but it's another like 100 acre piece of his and we don't have access to anything around that 100 acre farm uh, or there that portion of the property and um, there is some timber all in there that we can't get to um, so now I'm going to kind of expand my radius of uh, getting permission and um, running cameras and stuff like that on like that next that next circle out to see if he's going to the north or if he's going to the west or east or south you know so well I guess he wouldn't be going to the south because that's where we have permission already on that 600 acres so I got to figure out if I can get permission on some of these other properties that are, you know, that next ring out. So yeah, if that, if that makes sense, you yeah, know. it does. You're just, you're just trying to f find more property to hunt, you know, and, and just give yourself more opportunity. Yeah. And we're, we're confident that we're going to get access to it. I had uh, last year when I was out there, my wife, she, uh, she applied with two of my buddies and, uh, they they knocked on doors when they were out there and they got permission on several of these farms that are kind of in that outer radius 
So they gave me the phone numbers. Um, they did their, you know, they did right by all the owners. And um, one of my buddies that he he tagged out early, so he was going around and dropping off cases of beer and and jerky and stuff like that. And then we kind of did the same thing in March. We stopped and we gave all our current landowners that have given us permission over the years. We gave them a bunch of hot sticks and venison and cases of beer and stuff like that. So we've maintained the relationships, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it's time to kind of start working on a few more relationships. And I just don't want to get there's a, there's a there's a point where you can have too much property. Yeah, and uh, I've dealt with that I'm, before. Yeah, yeah, I'm tr- trying not to get there, but. Uh, but yeah, that's awesome. All right. So you also hunt Nebraska. So kind of talk to me a little bit now that you've drawn Iowa. I mean, it, it sounds like Iowa's the priority, obviously, with this big deer running around on, on the at property. You have, um, and it's not just one deer, right? You have multiple shooters on this property. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, I'm not looking to shoot up 180 or 160 even. I just, you know, the biggest buck I've ever shot is, you know, a 135. I don't, I'm not really tied to a score, but something in that 135 to 140, something that's going to just, that gets me jacked up. I've, I've shot a boatload of 120s and I'm just trying to kind of move on from that, you know, kind of hit that next rung in the ladder, but, uh, it's, uh, it's been tough. It's been, I've not been able to do it. Um, last year in Nebraska, I was at full draw on a, a big 10 point. Um, he's a special buck. He's only three years old. And man, he was all of 140, if not 150. And uh, it was so windy when I was hunting that I was kind of stuck in a ground blind because it was like, you know, 30 to 40 mile an hour sustained winds. And it was ripping through the cottonwood so hard that it just sounded like a constant jet engine. <laughs> so I'm in my ground blind and, um, and it's just really thick down, you know, in the cover. And so it's not nearly as windy down there, but I was grunting and snort wheezing at this buck at 35 yards. I'm at full draw and I couldn't get him to stop. He didn't even hear me. I almost, I should have just yelled at him, but, uh, you know, I just, he was walking by at 35 yards, full draw, and I'm following him, just murk, 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 and I'm snort wheezing, and he never even looked. He couldn't even, I, I don't even think he could hear me. He was upwind of me, so I just think that my, my sound just traveled, they just couldn't get to him. Yeah. So, but no, he's, he, uh, he made it through the season. I don't, I don't know if I've got pictures of him yet. Um, I've got pictures of some deer out there that's got a big, third main beam or kicker growing i don't know i just sent you those photos today um i I don't know if that's him i know you know we didn't kill any deer any bucks off that nebraska farm last year um and i think there was like three three three-year-olds that we were chasing and uh, i think they all they all made it they were all still alive in january gotcha so yeah that's awesome man all right so Lay out the, the the schedule for us then this year. Uh, are you are you going elk hunting? Uh yeah, uh, ish. I'm ish. calling for my wife. My wife drew an Idaho tag. Okay. And I did not. Idaho kind of changed the way they do their elk tags, and uh, you kind of everyone enters this virtual waiting room, and then like right at noon, 
um, you get assigned randomly a place in line. So I had two computers going. I had my wife logged in on one, me logged on in the other. Her random spot in line was like number 2,000 and mine was 8,000. <laughs> and uh, so I got her a tag. And then by the time I was up, like all the tags were gone. Yeah. So, yeah. So they, they're doing, yeah, they're doing, they sell return tags once a month, but no one's even returned a tag for the unit that we're in. So I don't know. Anyway, um, a big reason why I hunt so much is because of my wife and I don't mind calling to elk and um, I've had, I've eaten plenty of elk tags, so it doesn't really matter if I have an elk tag or not. There's no, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not too worried about it. I've, I've killed a couple. And uh, I've really found that uh, I really just enjoy talking to them. It's cool that you can speak a speak a language to an animal through a bugle tube and whatnot. And I've just yeah. kind of really dialed in the the language and, and gotten pretty decent at calling. I'm not I'm not an expert by any means, but can hold my own and, and definitely have called in many bulls for several people. And yeah, um, so so that's a very engaging, fun time. But after that's September. Um, but no, we're, my wife and I are going to go to Nebraska in November, um, like the second to the 11th and then Nebraska's gun season starts November 12th. And I think she's just going to fly home and then I'm just going to drive over to Iowa and uh, my buddies are going to meet me out there and then we're going to hunt till I'm probably just going to stay out there until I kill a deer. Honestly, you get fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of. Kind of. I talked to my boss and I was like, uh, as long as you're cool with me working like half time remotely, uh, I'm just probably going to keep my ass parked out there until, you know, gun season rolls around. Or, well, I mean, I'll have to be home for Thanksgiving. But yeah, yeah. yeah. the gun season in Iowa doesn't open until like the second or third of December. So you could you could legit be gone a month. Yeah, I'd be divorced if I didn't come home for <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, oh, so, buddy. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so then you got you know you got the the plan here put together. You you, you have the data about uh, the the properties, whether it's in Nebraska or, or Iowa. Walk me through how you feel this is going to go down. Like I'm talking the details because I. I just got off the telephone before, right before I, you called in or we, we started recording here. I got off a call with a guy from Tennessee who has the state record typical located right now on, tra <laughs> on trail camera on a 24 out of 30 days. 24 days oh, out wow. of 30 days. He has this deer located. It's pinpointed. He knows for the past three years. He's okay. So what I'm getting at is, is this guy already has a strategy put together in his head of how he's going to get it done, when he's going to get it done, what wind he needs, that kind of stuff. So talk to me about in Iowa, how are you going to get it done? Walk me through how it's going to happen. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. <laughs> I, 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to get out of my truck. I'm going to walk to my tree stand. I'm going to rattle yeah. real hard. <laughs> no, I uh, I think I'm going to be uh, a bit more. I've, I have tended to bounce around and let kind of cameras dictate where um, where I'm hunting. And I think I'm going to really try to avoid that. Um you know, cell cameras have, they're good, but they're bad. Yeah. Um, so pretty much if, uh, w- with Iowa, with there being so much property, um, if I wake up in the morning and I have cell camera photos of a lot of daylight activity, I'm just going to kind of hunt maybe closer to those areas. Um, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know how it's going to go down. The other thing is my, my, one of my hunting buddies, he's, that's kind of where this buck lives. It's kind of more been like, you know, where he spends the majority of his time hunting. Um, he's not real mobile. So we've got like two permanent sets, you know, and, the, and he'll probably just bounce around with those. And I'm probably, I've already started running cameras um, kind of on some other areas that he doesn't get to, or he's kind of like just neglecting and with kind of the understanding that I will, uh, I'll probably be pressing into those areas. Um, and, uh, but yeah, again, I'm not going to hold out for a specific buck. I, I also did that one year and, uh, I passed on a very nice, like 130 class nine point the very first day. And I, I really shouldn't have, but, uh, yeah, I, and then I missed a buck at the end of the week that I was out there. But, uh, so yeah, that was 2020 and that sucked. But, uh, so I don't know, man, I'm, uh, I'm not, I, I'm going to just going to be fluid. It. Yep. I'm just going to roll with it. I'm not going to go out there with any expectations. All I know is that I'm just, I don't know. I'm just going to be ready to send some arrows, man. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. If yeah. it's, if it ends up being a 130 that I wrap my tag around, I'm not going to care at all. So, but you are. So w- w- let me throw a scenario at you here. All right. So trips is on camera on a regular basis and it really all it means is putting in time and, and getting him you know you know what i mean like he's on the property right so yeah. all, all you have to do is is connect connect the dots you know find where he's running that loop and, and put yourself in a position to potentially intercept him what are you passing in iowa this year like what is the it, like if if you have trips pegged or you have really good idea of where he's running what are you passing to get to him or are you not passing anything oh i'll pass on a uh, on a 130 i'll pass on a three-year-old 130 um it'd have to be more a 125 it's uh, it's got to give me that big that pop that wow factor yeah. and it's got to be a bigger animal um i'm also going to be you know in nebraska the t- you know for 10 days before that and um hopefully already with you know a buck under my belt so it should be a little easier to hold off um but yeah i don't know some guys go to iowa and they're like you know it's so expensive this and that i'm leaving here with a buck i look at it different like the opposite like yeah it might be expensive but this is a great opportunity to hold out for 
you know, one of those 140, 150 class bucks. So, which, which, which is what I keep doing, but I, I don't know. I literally just said I wasn't going to pass at 130. So who knows, Dan? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. It's <laughs> <obvious>. <laughs> All right. So what about this though? What about, um, if your trail cameras start popping off while you're in Nebraska and, and, and so now it's like, Hey dude, I'm right here. Why don't I just pop over to Iowa? Like, are you going to, are you going to do that? Yeah. If it's, if it's a, if it's a big, if it's a 150, 160 buck or trips or whatever, I, I probably, I probably will. I mean, it's going to depend on what, what my wife shoots she will she'll shoot a 120 all day she's not gonna hold out for yeah for for much so hopefully she fills her tag and then she kind of just lets me do my thing and but if i think she's already she's hunted enough too now that if if i've got that opportunity where like hey this buck's come through like two days in a row he's on his feet like I'm going to drop you off in the morning at the farm in Nebraska. And then I'm going to just jet over to Iowa and I'll see you. <laughs> I'll see you when it's dark out at yeah. the end of the day. So she, yeah. I think she'd be cool with that, especially with me, you know, giving up two weeks to go elk hunting with her. So yeah, she's a, uh, yeah, she's, she's a bit more, uh, not so worried about herself filling a tag these days. She's kind of, she's kind of grown into her own as a bow hunter and, and isn't so worried about, killing a killing a buck yeah not not worried about her first anymore i guess i should say which which i think most hunters they go through that and she's only been hunting for about four or five years so yeah let me ask you a question bob about this a lot of people when it comes to maybe daughters or wives they do everything for them and then they then they just put them in the tree stand and say, okay, you know, shoot what you want, whatever. Right. Um, is your, and I don't, I'm trying, not trying to sound sexist or anything like that, but is your wife self-sufficient? Like, can she go out and do it? Oh yeah. Yeah. She, uh, you know, when it comes to hanging tree stands, she'll, she'll let me hang them just because I'm twice her size. So it's way easier. And I've hung, I don't know, couple hundred now at this point or you know between hanging them and moving them yeah um so she'll let me do it because it's super easy but she's she's looking kind of into getting a saddle so she can be uh lightweight and you know she's only five three and like a buck 30 so some lightweight sticks and uh a saddle or something like that or even a really just a lightweight hang on i think she's kind of on board to uh to kind of go down that mobile road um but yeah she's she's very self-sufficient she uh i mean she will she'll tell me where she wants to hunt um i kind of i a couple years ago i used to kind of force it on her i kind of was like hey i'm sick of always telling you where to hunt and then you don't see a deer and i feel like like it's my fault that you had a poor hunt i was like so you need to be picking where you want to go based on wind direction and where you think bedding is and where you think a buck's going to travel. It kind of forced her to learn because yeah, if you're always following the leader, you're not going to learn how to hunt the way that, you know, guys like us that are so wrapped into it and looking at wind direction and time of day and patterns and locating bedding and stuff like that. So she is self-sufficient. Um, Hank, the, 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 being a mobile hunter, 
or hanging tree stands again. She kind of defaults to me, but she's she's definitely looking to take that next step. Nice. So yeah, nice and step. she'll dude, she'll gut deer on her own, and then you know, if as long as it's not a massive animal, I I just kind of have her drag it out on her own a little bit, and then I'll help her lift it into the truck. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. You know, it's I, taken it's taken some time to get there, no doubt. So, but, but she's uh, doing it. Oh yeah, that's all, and I like that. I liked it because I think when it when it's time to start teaching my daughter about this, there's only one way to do it, and that's just to make her do everything right, and and then I can find out if how serious she's gonna be about it. You know, I'm never gonna say no to having her come into the tree stand with me, but. You know, I, I feel like it is part of my responsibility to say, okay, if you're going to hunt, you're going to be taking the life of an animal, and this is what happens after the fact. You know, what I mean by that is like gutting it, taking all the guts out, like the gross part of, of hunting, right? Yeah. But yeah. also the, hey, if you're going to if you're gonna want to hunt out of a tree stand with me, you're going to have to help me go put it up. And you're going to yeah. have to carry some stuff and, and, and show the hard work that goes into it. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to lie, man. There's, I mean, still to this day, I mean, we go, we, we pick a day to go hang tree stands. And after the first one, you know, I'm looking down at her and I can see the boredom on her face. And she's like, <laughs> you know, it's hot, bugs. She's sweating. And I'm just like, get, get that look off your face. I'm the one doing all the work. Like, <laughs> shut up bob <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm free to talk about whatever i want on this because i know she won't listen to yeah it, so. absolutely yeah, yeah same yeah. here this, this is a, this is a safe place yeah this is definitely a safe place and you know how safe uh it is is this is how safe i feel talking to you on this podcast about my uh my wife i have done a what i feel is a lot of brownie points this this year i mean a lot and I feel that I've also, you know, it's, I don't like the term let, like I let her go hang out with her friends. When she asks, Hey, do you mind if I go out with my friends? I always say yes. I say yes, indeed. Yes. You know, yes, yes, yes. Don't care. doesn't bother me. I don't get worked up about it. And I haven't done shit with any of my friends. I've met, this is no joke since January. I bet you I've met up with my buddy, once for coffee and once for beers two times in that mm. period of time, right? The mm. rest of the time I'm at home with the kids. I'm, I'm doing something here, right? And so this, <laughs> I hate to say this, but this hunting season might hit her like a ton of bricks. Like, <laughs> like, like I am, I'm going, I'm going to South Dakota and Iowa. Those are my two guarantees. But, if I, if there, there's going to be time in there where I'm, I might go to Nebraska. I might go to Oklahoma. I might go to Minnesota. I might go to Wisconsin. I might go to Missouri. You know, I'm obviously not all those places, but I'm going to be hunting a lot this year. And, uh, I don't want to play the, listen, this is, you know, like you got to do your thing. Now it's my turn because she already said something to me. Like, don't you think one out of state hunt is enough? <laughs> and I internally, I just go, oh, ha, 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 ha. You know, like, yep. I just laughed out loud at her and uh, looked at her. And I go, oh, well, we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so right. uh, if this is the year 
that hunting causes me a divorce. Well, this is the year that hunting causes me a divorce. Good luck. God be with you. <laughs> right. I'll need it. I'll need it. I think I think you'll be just fine. Though. Right. You do. You seem to uh, definitely get your brownie points in. And uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. How much? Yeah. Here's a question I I I get. I ask myself: How much hunting would it actually take for a wife? to leave a husband with, with children. I mean, like break the, break up the family. Like how much hunting would you have to do? It, would it have to be over the course of several seasons or could it be done in one season? I bet it could be done in one season. I mean, you'd have to go. <laughs> it's like, I guarantee it could be done in one season. Watch me. Yeah. You gotta go. You'd have to go full disregard for them and whatever they say. And you'd have, for me, I'd have to hunt. All of September, all of October, all of November, all out of state, never come home. Yeah. And just completely disregard any of her wishes. And I think there would be papers on the counter when I got home. So in a so, you could let it go from a good marriage to just this straight up, like not even not even just be, yeah, hey, hey honey, how you doing? I'm doing good, but you've been gone for four weeks. When are you coming home? Oh yeah, I'm going to Missouri this week. Right. So uh, <laughs> it probably will be another week, sweetie. Sorry. Yeah. Man, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's dude. It depends on the woman, right? There's right. guys that hunt ninety days a year, and I don't. First, two things. One, I don't know how their wife is on board with it. Besides the fact that it's probably their, it's probably what they do for a living. Yeah. And then beyond that, I know I've kind of heard you got you and Mark talk about this a month or so ago, but like as the hunter on the road and gone that much like yeah you you wear yourself right out where you don't even want to hunt you're just yeah. going through the motions yeah so yeah it's like the way here's the thing i look at it's like okay you're mad at me because i've been gone for uh you know eight days usually my west my hunt to south dakota is eight days and that is a day of driving six days of hunting and a day of driving back right usually so I know husbands who, like, I know people, and this isn't a good thing, but I know people that aren't really my friends, just like secondhand, or did you hear about these guys? Like, she, they've cheated on their wives, and they're still together. Or he's addicted to crystal meth. <laughs> and they're still they still together, right? So I feel like if someone is like, oh, really? Why did you leave him? He must have been on heroin. No, he actually, he went on two out-of-state hunting trips this year. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, right. like, then those people are like, that's it? That, that's why you left your husband? Right. Yeah, well, right. like, well, he did, well, he did this. So, so while he was on those, while he was on those trips, he cheated on you, right? Uh, no. Oh, he must have got addicted to drugs. <laughs> no, no, he just went hunting. <laughs> so he stole he stole, he robbed a bank that's that's what it was no 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 okay so so you left him for no reason really <laughs> yeah right you left him because he's gone yeah he's you left him because he's gone so. you just made it permanent yeah so. <laughs> absolutely oh uh, yeah well bob man i'm rooting for you in iowa well, I appreciate it, man. I'm not, uh, I don't know, going out there with just a mentality to have a good time. We've got, we've got a buddy that applied with us, so there's three of us going, and it's going to be his first time. And uh, he's an absolute, he's done some out-of-state hunts. Um, 
I think like Illinois or Indiana, they were they're kind of guided and they were early season. Um, so this is kind of his first DIY whitetail hunt. Um, I've gone elk hunting with him a couple times as well, and he's he's just got um, a, just a great positive outlook every day, day in day out. Like doesn't matter if hunting sucks or weather sucks. He's just he just lo- absolutely loves to bow hunt. And he's he's a you know he hunts he's here local in Michigan where I live, and, and he's got um, some pretty good farms, and he's a big habitat guru. And he just had Jeff Sturgis out to come up with like a habitat plan and stuff like that. So he's all into that kind of herd management stuff. But, uh, I kind of told him, you know, there's, you don't have to worry about habitat and this and that. This is more getting into the nuts and bolts of just like, here's good whitetail country, figure it out. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not, you don't have a, you're not setting up a master plan to ambush a deer you're yeah. reading the terrain to ambush a deer so yeah. I'm, I'm excited for him to to get his feet wet with this type of hunt and uh yeah man and then my other buddy i've been hunting with him for a long time he he's hunted in nebraska with me a few times and we've hunted iowa together a few times so he uh he doesn't hold out for for much of anything he'll shoot a he'll shoot a two and a half year old eight point and be a happy as a pig in mud so okay. i actually made it I actually made a joke because, because like I said, he that that farm that Trips is on is kind of mainly where where he's always hunted, and he's like, he's like, what are you gonna do if I shoot Trips? I was like, well, if you do shoot Trips, I'm gonna be super stoked for you because I would love to just like we all know how hard it is to kill a big buck, so I'm just gonna be nothing but happy for you. I'm not gonna be jealous at all. There's plenty of other big deer out there, but I was like, Mike, let's be honest, man. <laughs> The, the You're going to slay way before right, he shows up. Right, right, right. The, <laughs> the first eight point that walks out, you're going to send an arrow at it, so I don't even have to worry about you. <laughs> uh, it's, I love sharing properties with those guys because, yeah. A, they're going to do, they're going to, they keep the buck population down enough to where the big guys can grow up in it. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. Well, Bob, man, good luck in Iowa. Good luck in Nebraska. Hopefully your wife slays in Nebraska as well and in Idaho. And uh, we're definitely going to get on. Like, I want to get on right before the season starts so you have more trail camera intel to share with us about, uh, you know, how how things are going to be going or or how things are right before the season starts. And you can say, hey, it's dog shit or, hey, it's really good. Right on, man. Yeah, my my buddy uh, that's you know that he's going out to Iowa for his first time. Him and I have like a a three day scouting trip planned for the end of July, beginning of August. So we'll uh, we'll be getting plenty of cell cams and regular cams out and uh, be knocking on those doors and stuff like that. So I'll have uh, I'll have some sort of fresh intel to share. So perfect, man. But, uh, good luck to you as well, man, and keep. Uh, Keep scoring those brownie points. That's right. That's right. All right, Bob. Good luck, man. All right. Same to you. Thanks, Dan. And that's it. Huge shout out to Bob. Huge shout out to Tethered. Huge shout out to Wasp. Huge shout out to Hunt Stand and Vortex. Please, 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 please uh, go leave a review. Please support the companies that support this podcast. Thank you very much for taking your time and and tuning into this uh, every week, man. Really appreciate it. Lots of content coming your way. Good vibes in, good vibes out, and we will talk.
talk to you next time. Thank you.